Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they are one. Hey, everybody, we're back. Mr. Bones, we're back. Whoopity-doo. Hey, everyone, happy not New Year. Mr. Bones, happy not New Year. Oh, yeah, not happy year. Mr. Bones, what is wrong with you? Why are you so down? Oh, it's nothing. Mr. Bones, I know that long face. Horse face? Not you, Lightning. Mr. Bones, I know my buddy, and I know something's wrong. Oh, well, it's nothing really. It's just that, well, the rapture didn't happen on Hanukkah, and I even learned how to say it properly. Well, Mr. Bones, you are correct. Hanukkah passed. <sighs> Makes a good light. But, come on, man. I mean, you know that was like only our seventh best guess. Seventh? Yeah, you know, God said the end would come at the appointed time. He doesn't have very many appointed times. Well, what's your bright idea now? Well, let's look at it. Let's look at what we're looking at. What our Father told us to look at. And He said, Watch ye therefore, for ye know neither the day or the hour. But if you don't watch, you won't know what hour. That sounds a little confusing. Well, We'll go over this in Matthew 24 and 25, and it'll show you the contrast. He says we won't really know maybe exact, but we better know. And the evil servant that doesn't watch won't have any idea. So it's kind of like that. But let's just step back and look at this. Yeah, so rapture didn't happen at Hanukkah. Boo-hoo. Boom, 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 Oh no, what we gonna do? Rapture didn't happen for me and even you. Oh no, what we gonna do? We gotta get out of here. Ba -dum -bum -bum. Um, oh no, what we gonna do? The rapture didn't happen for me or even you. Oh no, what we gonna do? We gotta get out of here. Ba -dum -bum -bum. See, don't you feel better? <laughs> All right, so. Back up a little bit, Mr. Bonesy. May I? Why, certainly. Shing! Okay, so let's go over our favorite rapture scenarios in order. Warning, the following video contains conjecture and prognostication about the day of the rapture. It is rated TVMA and is intended for mature audiences only. It is also rated Eagle Level Wisdom and is intended for mature watchmen only those who dig deep. Viewer discretion is advised. The biblical end times are here, and the last seven years are about to commence. The Satan has assembled his team, and all of his prophesied plans are in place. Men's hearts truly are failing them from looking at what is coming upon the earth. This summer, one man will fight against all odds, to know the day and the hour of our Savior's rescue and the rapture of his bride. That man is... Secret 
Servant man, secret servant man. God has given us a Bible, and it reveals his whole plan. There's a man who lives a life of danger. Compared to other watchmen, he's much stranger. But God revealed his very plan right there in the book of Dan. Odds are we won't be here past this summer. Secret servant man, secret servant man. He follows in God's ways, only looks to his feast days. Odds are he'll be right about the rapture. Secret servant man, secret servant man. Oh, God gave us all the numbers, and it'll help us understand. Secret servant man, a secret God must reveal to his servants, that's the deal. For without he said he would do nothing. Yo, surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants. Amos 3, 7. Secret servant man. Secret servant man. He'll never give up looking. In the word is where it's cooking. Because he trusts his Lord to be faithful. Secret servant man. Secret servant man. He'll fight for you today. Even though he gets no pay. He does it all for love of his father. Secret servant man, secret servant man. Oh, God has given us the numbers, and he'll help us understand. Today on Secret Servant Man. Bonesy, disguises. Got it. My favorite, I don't know about you, but my favorite is Passover and Resurrection Day. I mean, Resurrection Day. The dead in Christ raised first. Hallelujah. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds. So, Passover, we're going to go over that again. We'll make some Passover videos. But uh, when I uh, first made this connection, I felt so overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit that I was like, this, this is something that the world needs to know. So I, I felt so great about that from probably about six months, even before the end of the year, I was already thinking in this direction. But we'll go over it. Uh, then my next favorite Kind of happens to go with the next one in line on God's appointments. Again, a moed, a feast in Hebrew is a moed that means God's appointments with mankind. Why do you think the rapture will happen on one of God's appointments with mankind? Yeah. So, Shavuot, the Lord himself descended on a cloud with thunders and lightnings and called Moses up and had him sanctify the people and bring them close. But don't touch the mountain. Hey, pretty good rap scenario. I believe our friend George at Return of the King is looking at this. He'd been looking at it since last year. He loves that one. 
That's his number one, I believe. Then we learned over the course of this channel, only because of looking and delving into the word, we learned that Shabbat and Pentecost aren't the same thing. No, 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 they are not. Mr. Bones? Oh no, it's not the same. Thank you. So God descends, he starts giving them the oral 10 commandments, all the commandments, which really is the marriage covenant. And they say, no, 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 we can't stand it. Uh, make him stop talking. They said, please make God stop talking. <gasps> Can you imagine? Well, isn't that what the world does today? You start telling them things from the Bible and they're like, no, oh, no, no, stop talking. Same thing. So God said, all right, I'm done. Moses, you and Joshua and some of the elders come up. And they were up there for 40 and seven days. Okay, so from the third month, Sivan, as they call it. Uh, first of all, we learned seven full Sabbaths is the 15th day of the third month, not the sixth day. They start counting from the 16th. They don't even count from after resurrection day because they don't want to recognize Yeshua and rising from the grave. So the Jewish count is completely off. They are in disobedience about what the scripture says. For seven complete Sabbaths, you have to start after a complete Sabbath, right? Seven complete Sabbaths brings us to the 15th day of the third month, true Shabbat. Okay, so that's a great rapture scenario. That's described in Exodus 19, and in Exodus 19 is encoded in equal letter skip distance the word rapture four times. So this is always one of our favorites. We taught on it a lot last year. But then we learned Shavuot and Pentecost are not the same thing. Here's the proof. That which has been done must be done again. There is no new thing under the sun. That which has been done must be done again, and God requires it. So Jesus Christ was represented by Moses going up and bringing the people near. So when Jesus rose from the grave, presented himself as firstfruits, then came back down and walked with the disciples, he would have, of course, fulfilled this prophecy, this prophetic picture of Moses. So he would go up on the 15th day of the third month. I know everybody thinks back 10 days before Pentecost, it's not Pentecost. So much to teach, but just follow with me. Just come with me, okay? So Jesus fulfilled that prophecy because it had to be fulfilled. But they said, don't talk. Moses, you and Joshua and elders come up and they were up for 40 and seven days. Now they had not received the 10 commandments, even though the Jews celebrate that this is the date they got the commandments. They got oral, partial, but not the stone tablets. So during that 40 and seven days, approximately 50 total, that's when they made the golden calf. They said, we're coming up on a feast. This is, if you follow then Exodus 19 to Exodus 34 and, and include these days, you know we're now in the fifth month. And they said, Aaron said, he made a proclamation, brought them all together, said, tomorrow is the feast unto the Lord. Now we know we're in the fifth month. What was he talking about? He was talking about this Pentecost feast. So they said, we got to have a God to celebrate. So they had their golden calf. This represents the world today. God's been away. 
for a period of time, they have turned to worshiping other gods and other things on earth like gold, like money, like careers, like life on earth, and their big plans is, is their focus of worship. And God is completely left out. That's most of the world. But even in the Christian world, you'll notice a lot of people are Sunday Christians and God doesn't have much to do with their day-to-day -day life. So when this story continues in Exodus 34, you'll see Moses and Joshua come down. God says, go down. They've corrected themselves. They got the fresh new tablets of the Ten Commandments, and, which is the marriage covenant. And Moses represents God the Father. Joshua represents God the Son. So we know now that Jesus is back up and one with God the Father. God the Son and God the Father. They can occupy the same space. Remember, God the Father is invisible. He's everywhere. He is not a body. Jesus Christ is the body form of the Trinity. Enough on that. But Moses and Joshua come down together that's how they are right now in heaven. And they can descend to the cloud and call people up. So I thought Pentecost was the greatest scenario. I've been walking this street so long, singing the same old song. I know every clue in this beat up Bible in my hand. Where study is the name of the game. And nice guys get washed away by the comments so lame. But there'll be no compromising on the road to my horizon. Cause I'm gonna be where his light is shining on me. Like a rhinestone cowboy. Riding on a lightning bolt in a star-spangled rodeo. Like a rhinestone cowboy Getting cards and letters from people I don't even know And offers coming over the phone Doon, 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 doon Like a rhinestone cowboy Riding on a lightning bolt and a star-spangled rodeo and all my friends and we're all going home doon 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 like a rhinestone cowboy come on y'all let's go yeehaw giddy up let's go once we discovered this together us on this channel we had moses god the father and god the son descending together and what do they find worship of the golden calf when jesus comes back shall he find faith on this earth his small group and so what do they do? They see the golden calf. Moses smashes the Ten Commandments on the golden calf in the fifth month. And then he says, who's with us? Come up. And the Levite priests come up. So the Levite priests also represent a type of person that is the keepers of the words and the following of God's commandments, right? So there's your rapture. And then the sword of God comes down on those that are worshiping the golden calf. Happens in the fifth month. Then we got the ninth of Av, then we got the Tuba Av, which is the, the day celebrating when they laid in their graves every year uh, and, and 15,000 of them would die. 
on the 15th, because 15 is the number of judgment, every year until the last year, they laid in the graves on the 9th of Av, and nobody died. Everybody woke up out of the graves. So they said, well, we better lay in a little bit more until they saw the full moon and they knew there's no way we're off on our count. There's the full moon. So they got out of the graves and then they created a big celebration known as the Feast of Wine. And this is from the story of Judges, where the tribe of Benjamin went and grabbed brides dancing in white at the Feast of Wine. Rapture scenario. So my favorite, Passover, then Shavuot, then I'll say this whole fifth month because it's around, it's Pentecost, Ninth of Av, and the Feast of Wine. They're all so great. Then what's everybody's next favorite? Feast of Trumpets. I mean, at the last trump, and then all the things we learned about trumpets. Then we get raptured at trumpets, then the seven days of awe, in the which you're under examination and judgment, whether you'll be written in the book of life or the book of death, that seven days turns into seven years of tribulation. I still think that applies. Then on Yom Kippur, when there must be blood, that is the judgment day. Then five days later, tabernacles, that is when judgment is meted out. You're either with us or you're without us. So again, I think that whole scenario, well, I'll say trumpets and then the last day of tabernacles would be my, my favorites in there. Then we learn about the Noah's Ark and the day of the flood being coincident with the original sin where Eve was deceived by the serpent. That made that really huge. Then Hanukkah. Mr. Bones, Hanukkah. Yeah, and uh, you know, the best part of this is Hinoch, Hanuk, Hanuk uh, was the first guy raptured. Need I say more? One body, dedicated, walked with God, was raptured. His name is Hanukkah. Hanukkah is about rededicating the temple. What? Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? Me? Yes, and me and you. So, Another one, I don't know uh, if I got this in the last video, but John, in the womb of Elizabeth, and Elizabeth means oath, okay? And uh, her husband, Zechariah, means remember. So John, his name means grace, in the womb of God's promise, his oath, and his father's name is remember, okay? Very significant. Mary, newly pregnant with the Lord Jesus Christ, goes to visit Elizabeth in her sixth month, and she salutation, Shalom! And John, Grace, leapt in the womb. John was born at Passover. Jesus was conceived at Hanukkah. That means that at Hanukkah is when he actually said, when Mary actually said, Shalom! And the babe leapt. So Grace leapt from the womb, leapt in the womb on Hanukkah. I mean, it, there's a lot of great stuff. But as we have learned over this period of time, they all have great stuff. Now, I just want to point out one thing. Down here, I hope you can see this. I'll give a close-up. But on Resurrection Day, there was a group of saints that were raised from the grave. So after Jesus said, it is finished. Spirit, I discharge you. And he discharged his spirit as he chose to. Nobody 
took his life, he gave his life willingly after he had taken all the punishment for all the sins of the world and spilled all of his blood, even down to where it was nothing but water. And that blood went down through the earthquake into a cave in the which the Ark of the Covenant had been laid hundreds of years before. And the blood dripped on the mercy seat, wiping out the sins of the entire world for any who would choose to accept that free gift. But at that time, it says in the scripture, it says, there was, when he said that, there was a great earthquake and the graves were open and many bodies of the saints came out of the graves and went into the holy city. That's the holy city, Jerusalem, not down on earth. That which has been done will be done again. So when was the only time a group of believers was raptured, resurrected from the grave? That was on resurrection day or that, that week of first fruits. So there's, there's our rapture scenarios. And as you know, we have gone from one of God's appointments with mankind to the next God appointment with mankind. Dr. Barry, why do you think rapture will happen at one of God's appointments with mankind? Well, Mr. Bones, thank you for asking, but I think it's kind of evident. Oh yeah, I forgot the first part. Why do you think it'll happen at a Jewish holiday? It's not a Jewish holiday. It's God's holidays. Why do you think it will happen at God's holiday? It's not God's holiday. It's God's feast day. Oh, why do you think it will happen at God's feast day? Is he hungry? No, feast in Hebrew is moed. Oh, why do you think it will happen at one of God's moeds? Because moed means appointments with mankind. Oh, and scene. Excellent, Mr. Bones. Okay, so yes. We think the next greatest possibility after the long winter, Jesus says in Song of Songs, he says, rise up, my love, my dove, my fair one, come away. For lo, the winter is over and the rains are past and the flowers are on and the doves are singing and it's the time of the green figs. So spring rapture has always been one of our favorites and for multiple reasons. I believe a barley type harvest. I know there already was a barley harvest, but it shall be done again. Barley is gathered together and put on a big white sheet. And many people hold this sheet and toss all the barley up in the air. And then the ruach, the wind, the ruach, which is the Holy Spirit, blows away the chaff. And then you're left with white pearly barley bouncing up and down on that sheet. That sounds like rapture to me. And that sounds like the Christian church. We heard, we believed, we are easy to rise up. Wheat has a hard shell and must be run over by a board with jagged rocks and stones in it, and that is called a tribulum. So the wheat harvest to me has always been for the tribulation saints, which is mainly the house of Israel and the Jews. Pentecost, the Holy Spirit dropped, I think, that at the true Pentecost, again, the Holy Spirit will drop for the 144,000 witnesses. And the two witnesses might come on this time. But again, it was a story of the Holy Spirit dropping. Trumpets, I believe Jesus will fulfill trumpets, days of awe, day of atonement, all at the end of the tribulation. This is when he gathers tribulation saints. And then he'll tabernacle with them. And we'll all tabernacle, tabernacle together. And then... There will be cleansing of the temple 
and then there will be a rededication of the new temple that he will rule from for the thousand-year millennial reign. So that, that's the way I see it, and that's why coming up Passover is my next favorite. But as my title suggested, we can't look over the Feast of Trees. I mean, look at this. Excuse me, Bonesy. The Feast of Trees, let me see if we're still in camera, Bones. All right, I opened the door too. It's getting a little warm in here for winter. South Carolina, eh? That shout kakalaki. Okay, so I apologize for the noise. The road's right there, but I'll speak up. Okay, Feast of Trees. Yes, I know, I've said many times, this is the least possible feast that could possibly be rapture. But, well, I, I, I actually say Purim really has nothing to do with the Gentile church, but everything to do with a rescue of the Jewish nation. So I think it'll be reserved for that. But the Feast of Trees. Let's go to Luke 21, 29. And Jesus spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. Now remember, in the Gospels, you can look at each gospel being written kind of towards a group and it's collectively agreed upon that Luke is written more towards the church and towards the Gentiles. So look at the parable of the fig tree. The rest of them just say the parable of the fig tree. And he spake to them a parable, behold the fig tree and all the trees. Remember in Deuteronomy, all the nations are compared to trees. And in, um, let's see, what is that in? I think it's in Judges or Chronicles where all the trees ask, ask the fig tree to rule over them. And they're like, no. So then they end up turning towards the thorn bush, which is Satan. Interesting. Okay, so we're all trees. Remember Psalm 1. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, which bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And then it says later that he shall be lifted up, but the ungodly are not so. They are like the chaff which the ruach, the wind, driveth away. What kind of grain is harvested by the ruach blowing away the chaff? That's barley. So it's representing a barley harvest, Passover time, resurrection day time, first fruits of barley, and likening us to a tree planted by the rivers of water, which bringeth forth his fruit in due season. So we got all the trees. So Feast of Trees is a celebration. It's, it's the birthday of trees. This is after the rains, the first blossoming of the tree. So the trees start to blossom after the heavy rains. And as the winter is starting to wane, okay, this will be in February, middle of February-ish. And then some of them start to blossom. So it's known as the birthday of trees, but it's also known as... Can you imagine during tribulation, that sound just magnified times 100 all over the place? Of course, at first. Then I think all the emergency and rescue will be gone and people will be on their own. Side note. But anyways... The Feast of Trees, it's known as the birthday of trees because after the winter time and the heavy rains, they start to blossom. And it's also known as the Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, the head of the, the Rosh Hashanah of trees. Okay, so for those of you that like the head of the year and the first 
and the trees. Yeah, I know it sounds like I'm reaching, but that's only because I am. Dr. Barry, are you really going to teach about Feast of Trees? Are you just begging people to call you a false prophet? No, Mr. Bones. The thing is, look, I feel like I was called to be an encourager of the bride and to be someone that showed how loving and how awesome and lovable and irresistible God is. So when I hear of these secret love messages that he sends us and then I share them, I believe people are led, like I was, to truly fall in love. We will work with each other, we will work side by side. We will work with each other, we will work side by side. And we'll guard each man's dignity and save each man's pride. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. That was me singing. I was moving her mouth. That's going to be funny. You know, when you're a Christian, you hear, Thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind and all thy strength. And, and that's like the number one commandment. And you're like, okay, I, I do. Uh, yes, I love him with all my heart and strength. And then you go about life as ordinary. But you don't really know God. I mean, that was me for decades of my Christian walk. I didn't really know enough about God that I could talk to other people about him, that I could uh, display his love and his loving kindness and his promises, that I could actually say, I love you. I honestly love you. For to know, know, know him, is to love, love, love him. And I do. Yes, I do. You do too. Oh, I do. Because we know him. So I want my friends, my family, my brothers and sisters in Christ looking for the rapture to also be more in love. I mean, what, what could be better than your dwelling and meditating on the beauty and glory of the Lord in his word? So. What I intend to do is to milk out every single little juicy detail about each of the feasts until we hit the right appointed time where he says, come up here. And as another one passes, we just learn that much more. So I've never really looked at the Feast of Trees, but I'm going to. <laughs> so um, I honestly don't even know what date it is, but I'll, I'll, I'll place it here. We know that it'll be at the full moon because it's on the 15th of the month of Tibet or Shabbat, Shabbat, which is the 11th month. Okay, so that'll give us something to look forward to because I don't know about you, but to me, the only true joy I get, the only time I get giddy and excited is when somebody is posting on the internet something about why a very soon time period key very soon right in front of us might relate to the rapture scripturally i mean when i hear people's dreams and hearing a word from the lord that does nothing for me no offense to those of you that are getting it but that does nothing for me what i look for is 
that hidden message in here. And so when I started my channel, I thought I had the only hidden message that this was Enoch's number of years from the Revelation 12 sign, and it was the wheat harvest and all these different things. So it was only by studying each one that I ended up finding out they all speak of rapture because God's big story is it is not good for man to be alone. And Adam, the first Adam, it was not good for him to be alone, so he was put to sleep and into the dirt. Remember, Adam was brought from the dust. He came out of the dust. So figuratively, he was put into the dirt. He was put to sleep, just like Jonah in the belly of the whale was a typology of Jesus, and then brought from the dust. Jesus rose from the grave, and then the bride was brought to him. Brings me back to the story of Abraham. Abraham sent Eleazar, which is like Lazarus, that's the name for the Holy Spirit, to go get a bride for Isaac, which means laughter, representing Jesus, the son of the father of many, and go get the bride and bring her back to him. So what we learned is every single scenario is speaking about Jesus getting his bride and his most delightful story. So when we skip over Feast of Trees, we're falling right into the trap of the foolish virgins. The foolish virgins said, oh, it's taking so long. I'm just going to take a little nap here. You know, we know for sure, for certain, it can't be a Feast of Trees rapture. Huh? Danger? Oh, I see your point. That would be unwise. Yes. For us to say with certainty, we know it won't be Feast of Trees, not very wise. Purim? I don't think we would be considered unwise for not thinking that's a rapture time, but we will study about his Feast of Purim and what it did for his people. Remember, one of the most exciting stories of the book, in the book of Esther, the year 1946 is specifically laid out in hidden scripture in letters that are smaller than all the other or larger than all the others, which we are taught to read that as a number, which came out to 5707, but related to the year 1946. The story is 10 sons of the man that was going to destroy the Jews getting hung. Esther says, do it again in the future. And right in 1946 is when the Nuremberg trials were and Hitler's 10 henchmen were hung. That story should give you chills. That is... A, a book that was written thousands of years ago about the beginning of the world and then seems to have left off somewhere around 90 AD. So for the last 2,000 years, we've had almost no biblical spot-on prophecies for us. And then there is 1946 written in the Bible. And 1948 is written in the Bible. And through the prophecy of the Psalms, we see that all the years... Significant years coincide with prophecies that matched exactly with our modern years. So, when we go back to look at this, and we see from the time of Nebuchadnezzar in 606 Babylon, and their 70 years of captivity, and the time where God spoke to Nebuchadnezzar, and we can track it 1260 years to the Dome of the Rock, and then 1335 to 2021. Remember, 2021 for God's calendar doesn't end until the spring, until 
the first new moon sliver after the spring equinox. When the new moon is in between Pisces and Aries at the setting sun, so the sun sets and we see the first sliver in between Pisces and Aries, and then across the horizon is the star Spica on the horizon, which is known as Abib, the star Abib. So that's when 2021, the 2021st revolution of the Earth around the sun will actually occur. 2021 will conclude in April. I believe it's April 2nd of what they call 2022 will actually be when the year is over. So some people say, well, I, I've heard it was 605 uh, and I heard this was 685. Well, go from 605 BC to 685 AD, add those together, guess what you come up with? 1290 years. Is that good enough for you? This, this is when the Babylonians know that that was the year that Nebuchadnezzar went insane, so to speak. God made him a beast that would walk for seven years or crawl <laughs> and eat grass like a beast for seven years, representing the tribulation. So he spoke to him in 574 B.C., Add 1260 years, that's right when the Dome of the Rock was being constructed, and that took seven years. So seven years and seven years from 686 go 1335, brings us to 2021. If it was 685, it'd be 2020. We actually looked at that before. But there isn't one that says 687 to bring us to 2022. Now again, what what we're looking at with this year is the significance of it being the last year. So could it completely end and then two weeks into 2000, the true 2022 at true Passover? Could that be it? Yeah, because Jesus fulfilled an exact number of years and then went two weeks into the, the following year, which we believe was AD 28. Jesus was born 3 BC, 3 or 4, so it was like 1260 days before they actually made the zero year. So he was 4, figuratively, before they changed the year from BC to AD. And then if he went 28 years, that would make Jesus 31 at the time of his work. 31 has a number of uh, judgment and a separation or a meaning of judgment and separation in the Hebrew um, gematria. So that fits perfectly. And then uh, when he rose after four, that's why they say he walked with them for 40 days, even though there were some more days before. It was because they wanted to use that number of 40, that time of testing and instruction. So then he goes up at Shavuot and he says, go to Jerusalem, gather them all together. And when the 120 were all of one accord, that took some time to gather everybody, get them all of one accord in the upper room after the 120th day. Then the Holy Spirit fell and quickened them. Qu there was tongues of fire. They could speak in another language, but the Spirit quickened them. In a birth of a baby, after the 120th day is when the mother will see the movement underneath, which is called quickening. Every step 
of his feasts represent the birth process also. So everything fits so beautifully together. And if we look at now Feast of Trees and then apply our 1260 day count, well, the 11th month is six months from the fifth month. So I look at Passover again, that's for everybody, but a great rapture scenario. Shavuot really speaks of a Jewish, mostly, but definitely could be Gentile. Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell, that became the Christian church. Of course, there were Jews too, but it became the Christian church. So that was, you could say Pentecost is a really a Christian or Gentile feast. 1260 days from that is Feast of Trees. Just, just uh, something to look at, a, a connection, if you will. Okay, but uh, we will do another video where we really milk, like I said, milk it out. Milk it, Dr. Bailey, you can do it. Thank you, Mr. Bone. Yahweh, I know you are near, standing always at my side. You guard me from the foe, and you lead me in ways everlasting. Lord, you have searched my heart. You know when I sit and when I stand. Your hand is upon me, protecting me from death, keeping me from harm. Yahweh, I know you are near, really near. So very near. Standing always at my side. You guard me from the foe and you lead me in ways everlasting. In a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. <laughs> now I want to do a great review of the pre-tribulation rapture stories because there are so many of them all throughout his word. Again, 100% of this book is prophecy. The word of the Lord is prophecy. Everything has deeper meanings and everything po points mostly to God's number one story. It is not good for God himself to be alone. He wants bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, the same as he is. He created angels for something. He created human or mankind for something else. And those that would choose him by free will, he will change in a moment in the twinkling of an eye into bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, so that he can have a group of people that want to be with him, not that they have to or were made to. You understand? So every story of the Bible from the very beginning speaks of a pre-tribulation rapture. If you don't see it, I would suggest your heart has not been converted by his love. Again, this is why I started my channel was to show you how lovely and irresistible he is when you get to know him. So. From the first word of God, Bereshit, bara Elohim, in the beginning created God the heavens and the earth. From that first sentence, he created heavens and earth from nothing. 
So from nothing he brought out life. Then the Lord passed over the earth, and it was void and darkness, and he pulled light out of the darkness. Light be, and light was. Then the Lord divided the waters. Remember, waters mean people. He divided the waters from the waters below, from the waters above, with a great expanse called the firmament. A firmament is not a hard snow globe plexiglass <laughs> ceiling. The, the firmament is an expanse. The birds fly in the firmament. So he created a great expanse between earth and then space. And that great space is another firmament until heaven, which is the third firmament. And in heaven, the third heaven is where God and all of his holy temple and all heaven is. It's, it's an expanse. Okay. Then he separated the waters from dry land. He brought out the waters from dry land. See, everything is about separation with God. He put the lights in the expanse of the dark to bring out light in the darkness and to be for us for times and seasons and feasts. Moed, God's appointed times, would be marked by the sun, moon, and stars. He brought Adam from the dust. Every single one of these is a type of rapture to bring something from nothing or from something corrupt or dis disorganized. So he's going to bring his bride out of the world of evil, of ungodly, of disorganized. He's going to draw out the bride. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Eve, again, Adam was put to sleep, representing Jesus. His side was pierced, representing Jesus. And, and with Jesus, water and blood came out, representing the, of course, the atonement, but also the two types. Then Eve was brought out from the side of Adam to be bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And then the Holy Spirit brought Eve to Adam. Adam didn't have to go find her in the woods. <laughs> the Holy Spirit brought. So when God makes the call, the Holy Spirit will bring his bride to him. Enoch was the seventh from Adam. Don't miss the typology there. And he walked with God. Enoch means dedicated. It means like the rededication of the temple. And he was raptured to God. I wonder how people explain Enoch when they say there's no pre-tribulation rapture. What do you say about Enoch? Oh, that, that, that doesn't apply. That's, that's something else. See, Noah was kept safe through the tribulation. Yes, the Lord does typologies, but you can't ignore Enoch. I'm getting ahead of myself. Noah, representing Jesus, grace. Remember the, the gospel from the first ten names. Man is appointed mortal sorrow. That's hell. That's eternal separation from God. Man is appointed mortal sorrow. But the blessed God shall come down teaching, dedicated. His death, 
His death shall bring the despairing rest, grace, peace. His death shall bring, not his death and what we do. His death is the ticket. So Noah, being grace, he took seven members into the ark. When we get saved, we think of ourselves as going into Jesus. Jesus is our ark. So we are safe with Jesus, and Jesus and the ark were lifted up above the earth. So that's one typology of the rapture. Okay? Another typology is Jesus being with the Jews through the tribulation and told to get out at Feast of Trumpets. Interesting. Lot had his two daughters and his wife and could have been the sons-in-laws. And they said, all right, you got to get out of here before destruction comes. Lot wasn't even a star of righteousness on his own. He more was vouched for by Abraham. And we really don't know anything about the daughters or the wife yet. But the angels still were told, we cannot bring tribulation and destruction until you're out of here. Now, how do you explain that if you're not for pre-tribulation rapture? That, I understand when people have been misled, but I don't understand when pastors and teachers preach against pre-tribulation rapture. That, to me, says, if you know the word and you're saying that, you have an agenda. It's evil agenda. You are trying to trick people. That is a person that I would want to walk away from. But Lot and his two daughters and the wife, and they were brought out. First of all, he, sa he said to the sons-in-laws, come on, they're going to destroy. And they laughed at him. <laughs> There's not going to be any destruction. You're not going to be saved by angels. Well, guess what happened to him? Then they specifically said, don't look back. Remember Lot's wife, don't look back. She looked back, and the Hebrew word says, look back with longing and desire for what she was missing. So, you know, the Lord says to us, he who does not lose his life for my sake, or he who tries to save his life, those are the ones that will lose it. So, it's, it's all about worship. Are you worshiping this world, like the golden calf, more than your worship of God? I like how one of my good friends said that God should be number one on a list of one. And that is exactly where you want to put him. Everything else, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. Then everything will be added unto you. So when you live your life, when you work your job, when you get your food or provisions or pay your bills, that's being added to you because you sought first the kingdom of God. But Lot and his daughters and his wife were coming. The angels were rushing them out. The, the wife looks back and with longing, looks towards Sodom and Gomorrah, and she was turned to a pillar of stone. So if you are a saved Christian and your trust is in the Lord, and you start to get pulled up at rapture, and you're thinking about your child or your loved one, that's not going to happen to you, okay? You got you to gotta put it in perspective. She was wishing for the sinful life. She didn't even want to leave in the first place. That's the kind of person that gets left behind. So, Because I know it's impossible for any mom to be being raptured up and not to be thinking about every one of her kids. So, And I'm going to be too. All right, Rahab. Rahab means large. Rahab was a harlot 
in other words, a prostitute, and she hid the two spies and helped them out because she believed, because she knew how great God was, because she knew about the story of Moses splitting the Red Sea and bringing them across on dry land. So she said, I'll hide you guys from the guards that are trying to kill you, and uh, if you will do this favor for me and, and save us. So she tied a red scarlet ribbon in her window, representing the blood of Christ that dripped down. And then Joshua and his people, when they marched around Jericho, and God destroyed Jericho with the shout and the trumpets, that's a representation of the Feast of Trumpets at the end. But they saved Rahab and her family and all of her possessions. So to me, that one speaks more about saving the Jews. But again, it's a perfect pre-tribulation rapture. God always saves his chosen, his righteous, out of destruction before the destruction happens. Joseph was thrown in the pit, we believe, for three days. And then he was drawn from the pit, his coat covered with blood, the blood of the goat, and delivered to the Father, representing all of the nations being delivered. But he was also delivered from prison to the palace. And then he interpreted Pharaoh's dream, which was seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. Well, the first part was the seven years before the tribulation. And the seven years of famine are obviously the the tribulation. But at that point, Pharaoh gave him a Gentile bride to be his bride, which she, he brought into the palace for the seven years of plenty. So that represents a pre-tribulation rapture. So she was a Gentile bride brought into the palace for the seven years of plenty. Then the next typology is that Joseph was in the temple when the, the seven-year tribulation started. And two years into the tribulation, he saved his brothers and brought all 70 members of the tribe of jo uh, Jacob and all the brothers. And there were 70 people that came in all together. And Joseph being the 71st person of that group, 71 means Holy Spirit. So I believe two years into the tribulation, the Jews will be rescued in a way and brought into some kind of protection. Israel was raptured from Egypt, but they were first protected from all of God's plagues. Moses went up to the mountain and brought Joshua and the elders, and they said, don't touch the mountain. That's a type of rapture. When he came down and says, who's with us? That's another type of pre-tribulation rapture before the 3,000 were killed. Again, if 3,000 are killed at the true fifth month when the golden calf was, then God would replay that which has been done will be done again and 3,000 were saved at the Pentecost. Aaron, Aaron and the 70 elders were also brought up the mountain when God, when God was recognizing that it was too hard on Moses to do all of the judging over the people. So he took the Holy Spirit from Moses and dispersed it to the 70 elders. And that is exactly like us. When the Holy Spirit comes up, then another portion of the Holy Spirit will, because the Holy Spirit is infinite, 
will be delivered unto the 144,000 witnesses. Uh, Ezekiel was spiritually raptured before he went through any tribulation. Elijah, this, this, one, this one should really cause us all to look. Again, look in the, the story of uh, Kings, 1 Kings and 2 Kings, and look at the story of Elijah, which starts out in 1 Kings chapter 17. There's your 117 separation. But Elijah knew he was going to get raptured. So how, how do people explain that when they say, nobody knows the day or the hour, and, and uh, that which has been done will be done again. But yeah, uh, Elijah knew, but we're not going to know. So Elijah's name means El, El, E, Yah, which means my God is Yahweh. What have we all learned? yud Hey vav Hey is the name of God, Yahweh, and it means hand of grace, behold, nailed in grace, behold. So God the Father, his name, Yahweh, is saying, I am also Jesus. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Not somebody that looks an awful lot like me, like me and Mr. Bones. We look an awful lot alike, but we're not the same person. Jesus and the Father are the same person because God the Father is invisible. I know most Christians, I would say most, most, think we're going to get up there and see two separate bodies and two separate thrones. But although God the Father can appear as a light holding the scroll that hands it to the Lamb, it's going to be a light, a spiritual type transaction. Not a God the Father that looks a little bit older and to Jesus that looks a little bit younger. All right, I, I, t I tend to go over that over and over because I think people need to hear it a million times. Okay, so Elijah, he knew, and his friend Elisha, which means my God is salvation, which represents the Jews that are left behind need to say, Yeshua is my God. He won't come back until they say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be Jesus in the name of the Lord. When they recognize Jesus, Yeshua, as God, that is when Jesus will come back. So, Elijah knew he was getting raptured. Elisha knew he was getting raptured. Then 50 sons of the prophets of Jericho and 50 sons of the prophets of Bethel all knew that Elijah was about to get raptured right at the time. But they all watched, and then a chariot of fire came and took Elijah, and Elisha was the only one that saw. And because of that, he was blessed and, and received the mantle from Eliyah. So that, I believe, is going to play in with the 144,000 witnesses. But the sons of the prophets of Bethel, they didn't get to see it. So then afterwards, they went searching around, where, where do you think he is? Maybe he got thrown to another mountain. This will be like some of the people left behind. Ruth was raptured from poverty and despair before she ever really tasted any of it. They ran out of everything. They went looking to go back home where they belong. And Ruth says, I will go wherever you go. I will go too. And before they got into destitute and starvation, 
they already met Boaz and went and she went and gleaned at the field and you all know that story that she was rescued and that is a Gentile bride being raptured before facing tribulation the song of songs come away my love my dove my fair one the winter's over the rains are past the flowers are on the ground and Shulamite the Shulamite means Gentile bride again taken before tribulation then what comes later in the Song of Songs is another type of false prophet, and that is the ones where the people left behind seek after. But it's actually representing the false prophet, or the, I mean the false Christ, the false Christ. David was hidden safely for three days before he was chased down. Isaiah was spiritually raptured, saw the destruction, but did not experience it. Paul he said, I was raptured. I don't know if it was the body or the spirit, but I heard the grace, the good news. I saw the third heaven, but didn't see the tribulation yet. John was raptured bodily up, and he, he is going to be up there. When we get up there for our rapture, he's going to be there over in the corner writing things down that he sees because it was at the same time. He was raptured out of time. Uh, Philip was raptured from one place to another. I think that one represents the Jews being raptured back to Israel or gathered together. Peter from prison, he was chained between two guards, just like Jesus hung between two thieves, and then his chains were broke and he was snatched out. Peter, James, and John were brought up to the Mount of Transfiguration, and two showed up. I believe it is Moses and Elijah, one that died, one that never died. They had the power to stop rain, to turn water into blood, etc. That which has been done will be done again. Moses and Elijah, Mount of Transfiguration. Immediately after they had been seen, then God says, Behold my son, listen to him. And then they were snatched up before the Passover. Lazarus, Lazarus was brought from the grave the lord said roll the stone away representing law and and the, the old covenant roll the stone away and then he said with a loud voice eleazar the greek word for holy spirit or helper come out what a great rapture scenario that is again that was possibly during hanukkah there's a small interpretation of that scripture because of Jesus not going into the town and 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 then leaving it's possible this could be also pushed towards Passover we'll investigate that more uh, on the eighth day it said six days before Passover the Lord was eating dinner and Lazarus was there whom he had raised from the grave so I'll, I'll, I'll we'll go into that more uh, the Holy Spirit from heaven to earth and back. The boy who fell from the third loft, Eutychus, whose name means fortunate. Uh, Paul went and laid on him and raised him back up, and he was brought up to eat. The third loft, representing a rapture. Uh, Shunammite woman's son. Again, th this was a miracle by Elisha, but... He laid on him and prayed three times, and then the child wakes up and sneezes seven times. That's, that's representing a, a, like a tribulation time. And then, of course, they said, give him something to eat. Jesus and many resurrected saints, 
the seven-part church, which is in heaven, the two witnesses, after they have fulfilled their ministry, now they get killed at the end, but the whole thing, they're ruling down here. They get killed and then, again, resurrected before the Great Tribulation. I believe the 144,000 uh, will be, and also the Tribulation Saints, will be resurrected before the Great Tribulation. So, every single example, and that's not even all of them, but every one that we talked about shows how God pulls His beloved out before He brings the wrath. Okay, so I just wanted to give a quick update and show where we are. Where's my... Uh, Come here, Bones. Okay, so just another reiteration of our, our timing. There's no insignificant detail in the Bible. Why do we know that Moses came back, came back to free the Jews and bring them out in his 80th year? That is very specific. We get to know that Joseph ruled over all of, he was the second only to the Pharaoh for 80 years. Boaz, this one's from extra scriptural, but he was 80 when he married Ruth. But this is the next big one. Jesus came in the 80th Jubilee to free us and did all his work in the 80th Jubilee. That is very specific that God will finish his work in the 80th Jubilee. That's why we know with confidence of Scripture that which has been done will be done again. And so we say that all of this, the fig tree generation, must be done before the end of the 80th year of Israel for these prophecies to be fulfilled. You can look at the rest of those. We know that from Nebuchadnezzar taking them captive, 70 years, Daniel knew by the books the 70 years was up, so he began to pray. Did he know the exact day and hour? Not exactly, but he knew it was the time, so he was praying and he was looking. Then Cyrus set Israel free to return to the promised land after 70 years. Exactly 1,220 prophetic years later, which we translate into days, brings us exactly to 1948. From the date we suspect that happened, this, this came from uh, Ken Johnson, pastor or teacher Ken Johnson. He has this date specific. He's an incredible researcher. I believe he might know what he's talking about. He says August 3rd, 537 B.C. 907,200 days brings us right to May 14th, 1948. We've shown this for now about a year. And this should be on every channel. Everybody should be talking about this. This is so incredible. We have the Bible brings us exactly to the day that Israel would be reborn. It wasn't random. And it was prophesied in the books of the Psalms and in Deuteronomy that it would be 1948. 1948 is when Abraham, the father of the Jews, was born. 1948 from Adam. 
1948 is when Israel was regathered. The year in Hebrew would be 5708. The 5708th verse of Deuteronomy talks about him bringing them back into the land. But it's exactly 2520 prophetic years. So 2520 times the 360. That's our exact number of days. So 80 years from that, 537, here's another 80. 80 years after the decree to return. Now, most of them didn't return. Just like when Israel was reestablished, most of them didn't return. But 80 years after, Artaxerxes, which was related to Esther, he makes a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Now, there were a few decrees to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. So when we look at prophetic dates from the different decrees, we find it brings us right to our time right now again. The decree by Suleiman the Magnificent in 1537, the prophetic number of days forward, brings us again to 2021. But in 547 BC, so after 70 years and 80 years, the generation of man is 70 years, or if by rebellion, and stubbornness, the years will be 80, but there'll be tribulation. From that time, the exact same number of prophetic years forward is 2028. We need to squeeze in a seven-year tribulation. So, why did Satan change the beginning of the year from April to January? Mr. Bones? Oh, I know this one. So... The beginning of the year was always April. And then when he changed it to January, it was to worship a false god named Janus, who was a two-headed bisexual god that opened portals. And I think he ate babies too. Yeah, I, I always get confused with him and Saturnalia or whatever. But needless to say, he was a demonic god named Janus. And he was representing the... Uh, winter solstice and the winter time, the time of death and darkness. And so Pope Gregory from the synagogue of Satan changed the dates. But what does Jesus tell us about changing the dates? He says that Satan will seek to change the dates and the times and the appointed times so that God's people will be off track. Exactly. You're so good at this, Mr. Bones. Oh, that's why they called the people that still wanted to stick with God's calendar April Fools. That's right. And me and Mr. Bones were April Fools and proud of it. I'm an April Fool. Hip, hip, hooray. So, April is the true start of the new year. Satan changed it to make everybody say, okay, 2021's over. All these prophecies are wrong. I guess we'll just... Throw out the baby with the bathwater and go back to living life. Uh, I think I'll uh, try to make some more money and plans. No, okay? April is the start of God's new year. That is when we'll say 2021 is over. But it can be over and go a little into 2022 and we can still make all of this fit. So until this doesn't fit, we're still going to make it fit. Okay, so Jesus, Jesus is the word, but 
God the Father was the one that spoke this to Moses in uh, Exodus, Exodus 16. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather at a certain rate every day, that I may prove them, that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or no. So the Lord has been raining down bread from heaven for us, all these prophecies, all these deeper interpretations, the books being opened up and new eyes on the information that was there sealed up for this last generation. So he's raining it down and he says, now I will see if they will walk in my way. He brought Israel out. He could have brought them straight to the promised land, but he walked them around for a period of testing to see who would choose willfully to follow him and who would grumble and complain. And if it didn't go their way, they'd say, yeah, forget this nonsense. He's looking for faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and walk in my ways. The word explains this is a test of faith. Life is a test of faith. In the parable of the sower, the Lord says that the word of God was sowed out and many received it. Some on good ground, some on stony ground, some with no roots, some with no water, some the, sor the sun scorched. He was showing all those types that hear the word of God and immediately receive it with joy. But it never makes that 18 inch journey on down to the heart where it's sewn in and made permanent. At that point when it is truly sewn into your heart through the understanding that came from hearing his word and understanding it, at that point you are truly saved and you cannot be unsaved. But anybody that just says some words or goes to a church meeting or even goes down for an altar call and says something like receiving that seed and receives it with joy, but then goes back to life, goes back to Satan, those people are not saved. So when people say that once they are saved, they're always saved, they should qualify that once somebody is truly saved by the understanding and the conversion of their heart, there will be a change. They are a new creation. This is not something that's surface, that they just repeated somebody else's prayer. This is somebody that understands it and fell in love and chose willfully of their own heart to accept that gift and to let the Lord God reign over them, to be their Lord and Savior. So a lot of people like the part, be my Savior, but not be my Lord. So he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, you'll walk in my ways. That doesn't mean going back to old covenant law, it just means that there will be a change in you and sin will lose its power over you. But he says, many receive that word, but after Satan comes and heat and destruction or tough times, he says, many are offended and fall away. These are the people that walked away. The evil servant said in his heart, ah, he's not coming anytime soon. Let's go there, Matthew 25. Now learn the parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and put forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. Ye know that the end is near. So likewise, when ye 
When ye shall see all these things come, know that it is near even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation of 70 to 80 years shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that day, the very end, knoweth no man. No, only, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But, as in the days of Noah were, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Noah and his seven family members knew very well the day was coming. The Lord told him to get into the ark and be safe and sound for seven. That's your rapture typology. Then, on the 17th day of the second month, which is truly 17th day of the eighth month on our modern calendar, the rains and the tribulations started. But first, he was in the ark safe, like being in heaven safe. God is telling two stories. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. I was just marrying and giving in marriage my daughter to my new son-in-law. Until the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not, everybody else knew not, okay? They will knew not, but you are not in darkness. You will knew, just like Noah and his family members. Noah is Jesus, the seven represent the church. We are the church, like Elijah and Elisha and the sons of the prophets that knew. Knew not until they knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall it also be at the coming of the Son of Man. Then two shall be in the field, one shall be taken, paralambano, taken as a friend or companion to be with the Lord. One, two, one shall be taken, the other left. The word is ephemi, Greek word, ephemi, means to be put away or divorced. You understand that is talking about somebody that was starting at least budding a relationship with God but they never truly took him as a spouse so the word is to be left is to be put away or divorced two women shall be grinding at the mill one shall be taken paralambano as a friend or companion the other put away or divorced watch therefore for you know not what hour the Lord doth come, but know this, if the good man of the house, we, would, we that are watching, we that are feeding our family are known as the good man. If the good man of the house would have known at what watch, he would have come, he would have watched, <laughs> and he would not have suffered his house to be broken up. I believe that means we that are watching, we're doing so much more to evangelize to our friends and family that we are in a much better position for our, our house not to be broken up. That's the way I interpret that. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, The Son of Man cometh. 
Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom the Lord hath made ruler over his household? To I'm the ruler of my household. Don't tell your wife. Okay. <laughs> the ruler of his household. To give them meat in due season. Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Hey man, you want to fall asleep on this? Wait till Passover? Or heaven forbid, wait till Shabbat Or heaven, heaven forbid, wait till Trumpets next year? And you're going to fall asleep on this? No, 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 no. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, no matter when he cometh, which appointment he shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. Jesus is going to take some to rule and reign with him. He's going to take more to be in his kingdom. He's going to take everyone that is saved by the heart conversion of choosing him as their Lord and Savior. But just like in the 12 disciples, Jesus had 12 disciples, one betrayed, he had 12 disciples, but he had especially Peter, James, and John, another subgroup. And then of that group, Peter was special in one way, but John was the disciple whom Jesus loved. There's a separation. Jesus is always separating. Go back to the parable of the sower and look at all the different separations. And then even those that brought forth good fruit, some brought 30-fold, some 60, some 100-fold. The Lord will reward, like the parable of the talents, those who have will receive more and with abundance. Those who have not, that which they think they had shall be taken away. These are the people, they were pure, what do they call them, pew warmers? They, just, they were just Sunday church people going because more to see people and, and congregate, but never received the gospel message. I'm getting off track. I will make him be ruler over all his goods. But and if, now listen, if the good man would have known, he would have watched. Okay? Nobody knows, but like the days of Noah, you knew. But if the evil servant, again, this is a servant of God. We're not talking about the Antichrist people. We're not talking about people who worship another God because they are servants of that other God. We're talking about the evil or ungodly servant. This is a servant in the house of Jesus. But if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord ain't coming at Feast of Trees. He ain't coming for another year, two year, five year. People have all these confident sayings when all of this is happening around us and we're told to watch right now. And I say, we don't let a single thing pass. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants. These are infamous on the uh, comment section. You know, the negative naysayers that are scoffing and mocking. They are smiting us with their words. And shall begin to eat and to drink with the drunken. Not just drunk on alcohol, because that's too small a group. We're talking about people drunk on the world, drunk on the internet, drunk on the Facebook, drunk on Q, drunk on Trump, drunk on all their plans of this world. When all this is happening, the book of Revelation is playing out right before us and our eyes 
most of the eyes of the world of the Christian church are still not up. That's why when Jesus spoke in the book of Revelation, he talked to seven churches, but one of them got a glowing report and a star on their report card. He'll begin to eat and drink with those drunk on the world. For the Lord of that servant shall come in the day when he looks not for him, and in the hour that he is not aware of, and shall sorry, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. The word for foolish is more, which is from the definition moron. And it actually means blockhead, stupid, dull. Okay, this is, this is quite an insulting word, not just Oh, oh, oops, I made a mistake. These are, these are, again, according to the very specific word, more, which is where we get the word moron. So Jesus is saying five of them were wise and five were morons. They that were morons took their lamps and took no oil with them. Most interpret that as the Holy Spirit. That interpretation means they weren't really saved. These people were amongst those but they were never really of them otherwise they would not have gone out but those that were wise took oil in their vessels with them while the bridegroom tarried they all slumbered and slept and a midnight and at midnight there was a cry made behold the bridegroom cometh go ye out to meet him and all those that all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps and the foolish said unto the wise, Give of us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourself. Go to who you've been spending your life listening to and get some oil from them. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him into the marriage, and the door was shut." Afterwards came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. They were calling him Lord, Lord. They knew him, but they didn't have a relationship with him. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. And the original or Greek word means, I know you not intimately. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour where the Son of Man cometh. The foolish don't know because they don't have an intimate relationship. We that are his it, children of the light know the time and the season and we are watching for his appointed times. They know not the time and season and they that are wicked will do wickedly and they'll never understand. Okay, so he's talking to them and he says, you all need to watch because you don't have a relationship with me. And this watch and warning of all these years and all this testing of his church was also to bring about our loud mouths and all over the internet. Everybody in the world knows that we're all looking for rapture. 
They can mock or scoff, but they know we're looking. They know we study his word. And right now, all the Satanists are also watching everything we say because they are looking for that great day too because they know it's party time for them. Anarchy, destruction, just total rule over the world. So they are anxiously awaiting this day that they don't exactly know either. But you know what? Every time Passover, Shavuot, Pentecost, Trumpets, even Hanukkah, when those days come around, you'll see the world moving, getting their plans prepped with the alien invasion and baptizing the aliens and making all the laws and rules that we can legally cut off your head, take your body and use it for parts, sell blood, all these different things that they're getting ready to put in your hand and in your forehead and the, the currency, everything's there. Everything's there. So the word of God says, watch, be joyful. Don't, don't forsake gathering together, even if it's online across the world. But let's look about his dates and let's milk out every single little juicy detail that we can. So my next presentation will be about the Feast of Trees. And then, of course, a little more on uh, what our future watches are. But we... We absolutely need to recognize this again and let this soak in. These dates were specifically targeted. And that's why I love C.J. Lovick's work, Rock Island Books, his uh, tracking down and, and counting of the time of Jesus' crucifixion goes to the year 28. And that, if you know anything about God's numbers, you know that 28 is one of his perfect numbers, divisible by seven, four times seven. And so a perfect 2,000 years, everything's sewn up perfectly. We are now into the, approaching the time also where Mark Biltz said, Shemitah year, 21 to 22. So the next season, starting from 22 to 28 or 29, is also perfect. So the last possible day that Israel can still be 81 is going to be IR is the second Hebrew month. IR 4 is the day before. IR 5 is when they turned 81. That'll be, I think it is, and I may put it. May 18th, 2029. If we go back... From May 18, 2029, 2,595 days, it brings us exactly to the 10th day of Nisan in 2022, which will be April, I think, 10th or 11th. That's when Joshua, Yeshua, brought the children of Israel across the Jordan, the Great Descent, and circumcised them, cut off the old flesh. And then the captain of the guards, Jesus Christ incarnate, with, with the sword, met him, and then brought the sword upon the world. So, so much to look at, so much to be joyful of. Do you feel a little better, Mr. Bones? Oh yeah, I just need my pick-me-up. Thank you for the Mr. Bones Show, co-starring Dr. Barry. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. All right. See you all here, there, 
or in the air on the Feast of Trees. My new favorite face is the Feast of Trees. You know my birthday is in February too, so I'm gonna be one more year past one more year older and i'm so very delighted that we're still here amen feast of trees are you kidding me oh man i'm out of here sally wait <laughs> some people you can't please oh sally the feast of trees art thou with me in jest oh i know it mr bones i think dr barry's really gone off his rocker this time I mean, I just don't even see how this could possibly be rapture time. Well, Mr. Bones, look at it this way. What else we got to do? Try to get ahead of the crowd? Oh, Sally. Tribulation humor. Yikes. This is Tribulation St. Sally. And Mr. Bones. Signing off. Be blessed. Be blessed. This summer, one man will fight against all odds. You know the day and the hour of our Savior's rescue and the rapture of Christ. That man is a man who lives the life of nature. Compared to other watchmen, he's much stranger. Stranger! But got a field is very clear. Right there in the book of things. I die. We won't be here at summer. Serve and